Welcome back to the Redbird Report. I'm your host, Scott Prios, and with me, as always, I have my co-sports editor, Reed Watkins. How's it going, Reed? So good. Ready to talk Redbird sports. Yeah, definitely. A uh, big week behind us here. Uh, start off with the uh, softball team, still one of the uh, hottest teams in IEC sports programs right now. 16 of the last 18 have been wins. Um, five in a row now, including that win over Illinois last night, their first time beating them in 11 years. Uh, last time they beat them was April 4th of uh, 2012. Um, so big win there. Um, they swept Drake, and they completed the season uh, sweep of Bradley last Tuesday there. So a good stretch for them to rebound after those two losses to Missouri State. But now you have the probably biggest series of your season uh, coming up here against the NBC-leading Northern Iowa Panthers. Um, we were talking on the other podcast. This offense at Northern Iowa is just incredible. They have... Um, let me pull it up here. I believe there was one player batting or with an oat or slug of 980 it was, and then another one with just over 800 for their uh, slug percentage. But that is just incredible, and it's going to be a tough task for uh, the Redbirds. But the way the pitching staff has been and the way that their offense is playing, I think they have a chance to maybe steal a couple against the Panthers. Yeah, it'd be a, it'll be a good matchup, I think. Um, and you get past some of the lower teams in the Valley, which – you really get to start evaluating yourself a little better, which I think is good um, to do before the tournament rolls around not too far from now. Um, and, yeah, I think you're going to find out a lot about this team over this weekend and um, really see where they're at in this conference. I think that uh, it could be a challenge, but it, it should be a welcome one. Um, I mean, they have the way they've played in the Missouri Valley, they have no one to be scared of so far. So um, really, really good chance to evaluate the team here. Yeah, definitely. So Maya Dodge is who I was talking about on the Panthers, a 981 slug um, with an on-base percentage of 500. So an OPS of just under 1,500 is absolutely ridiculous. And then Alexis Papilo, 857 slug with a 510 on-base percentage. So Maya Dodge is basically, anytime she comes up to the plate, is getting on base at, or getting at least one total base. And then Alexis Papilo is getting on base every other at-bat. So, I mean, these two have just been ridiculous for this team and that's what's scary about this team um, along with the solid pitching staff they have but like you said I mean the way that this team has played the Redbirds have played in Missouri Valley Conference play they shouldn't have anyone to be scared of uh, their pitching staff has been really good Emmy Olsen has been absolutely on fire for the offense um, they're a really balanced team and I think that's what makes the Redbird this Redbirds team so special yeah no question ISU is tied with Missouri State at second in the conference at 14 and three and uh trailing you and I by two games so um, take two out of three maybe against the Panthers if you can exactly I mean a series win would be outstanding here even taking one game off them um, would really put you in a good spot for that uh, seating in the conference tournament um, if you're able to keep it up against the other teams so um, yeah after you and I I mean you pace face uh, Evansville um, Southern Illinois um, and then you're at the conference. I mean, Evansville's probably bottom half of the league there, and then Southern Illinois is uh, just above um, 500. They're 10 and 7 right now, or that's SIU. So um, this is the biggest challenge of the regular season. There's no question about it against the best team in the conference, and they have a chance to prove themselves. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you look at the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. Um, for the women's side, it is for the softball side. It is every team does make the tournament. Um, so right now, ISU sitting as the three seed, so they would have the bye on Thursday, uh, or on Wednesday, I mean, into Thursday. 
And where they're currently sitting, they would play uh, the last game of the day at 7 p.m. Granted, like you said, a lot could change. I mean, you take two out of three against the Panthers, and let's say Missouri State gets a sweep this weekend. You have three teams with three losses in Missouri Valley Conference play. And then I think after that, there's only two more series left until the end of the regular season, two or three. So a lot can happen here over these uh, coming weeks. And I think for the Redbirds, you got, you've had this series probably scheduled on your – or circled on your schedule for quite some time. Yeah, no question. And the things that carry over into these uh, must-win situations um, and even these bigger term or regular season games is pitching and just consistent um, batting. So I think the Redbirds have that. Um, I mean, Hannah Ross has been outstanding in the circle for this team so far. And then Hannah Meshnick, I mean, she blew me away with her um, outing against Illinois. I mean, to go into a Big Ten opponent and give up two runs, pitch the whole game, just outstanding as a freshman. It takes um, a lot of guts to do that, and she showed, um, you know, maybe she should be alternating starts with Hannah Ross a little more often. Um, but, I mean, then again, you have Amanda Fox, very capable starter, very strong uh, pitcher, and um, those three have been really strong in this pitching rotation. Um, they have options, which I think is huge, especially if someone gets rattled in the tournament um, or over the course of a challenging series like they're about to play. Yeah, definitely. Like we said, uh, three-game series coming up here at home against Northern Iowa, uh, then three away next weekend at Evansville before closing the season um, against Southern Illinois at home. Uh, we'll shift over to uh, the Redbird baseball team. Um, eight losses in a row now, and uh, I think the biggest thing that it comes back to at this point for them um, pretty obviously is the runners left on base. I mean, there's just too many games where you're leaving double-digit runners on base, and you, that's not a formula where you're going to be able to win games. And right now, they're sitting um, at, I believe it's 2-10 and 10 now, in Missouri Valley Conference play. So they are in 10th place. And uh, the baseball side isn't like the softball side. Not every team makes the tournament. Only the top eight do. So really, it's do-or-die time for this Redbird baseball team. And they're going to have to fi- figure out some way to find consistency and uh, right the ship here because... They got a big stretch ahead of them. I mean, this weekend series against Bradley, this 9-10 matchup is a lot bigger than some people might realize in terms of seeding and who can maybe make that push for the eight seed. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, um, this team is in need of a push if they want to uh, give them chance to give themselves a chance in the tournament. I mean, anything can happen once you get there, but you definitely have to get there. And they are in sole possession of last place in the conference right now um, at 2-10. and 10. So... Um, a lot needs to be seen from this team before they are um, able to even think about an MVC tournament matchup. So, um, yeah, like you mentioned, I think it's the runners left on base and inconsistent pitching performances. Um, it's got to be a challenge when you have a great outing and it's not able to translate into a win or you put up a lot of runs um, and the pitching just doesn't get it done. And it seems like they've been alternating that uh, those storylines each and every game. So... Um, you got to keep your head down at this point in the season and not let the frustration mount um, up against you. But, I mean, it's been a challenge, no question, this season for this uh, Redbird baseball team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just converting when it matters most. But um, I just not got a notification on my phone, so I want to check this to make sure. But if I looked at it right, the Redbirds did just score eight runs in the first inning against Northern Illinois. Oh. So um, let me pull up the live stats here. But I think uh, – they might have uh, figured something out with putting right. Yep, it is eight nothing uh, at DeKalb right now. Um, that's just shocking, honestly. I 
They, that's more runs than they've scored since. Let's see. They scored eight against Murray State in the first game. Last time they scored more than eight runs was at Illinois, April 4th. So 15 days ago, they scored uh, 12 at Illinois. Uh, other than that, they haven't scored more than eight other than, I think, once in conference play now. Wow. So what a big inning. I mean, that's a that's a confidence booster for the Redbirds. Um, Shaden Kubo has three RBIs. Greg Nichols has three RBIs. Uh, J.P. Gauthier has three uh, has an RBI, and Adrian Flores has an RBI. So what a first inning for the Redbirds. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've continued to tool with their lineup and um, mess with the batting order a little bit and see who's ready to step up. So, um, you know, there were times this year where it felt like they were ready to do something like that and just could not put it together. And, um, I mean, last night they left a, a runner on in each inning but the seventh and stranded the bases loaded twice so um it's good to see them finally getting those runs in and making it count when uh, they need to so um strong outing again though i mean this doesn't help them in the missouri valley conference tournament um so that's the only negative takeaway from that but um i mean it would do a lot for this team to um take some momentum into this bradley series and knock off their rivals in peoria yeah definitely um one thing to note, uh, Shy Robinson leading off the Redbirds in this game, uh, he is hasn't recorded in that bat. He's been walked both times. So, I mean, when you're getting runners on base, you give yourself a chance to score those runs. So, I mean, that hasn't been the problem, but it's just a matter of converting. And so far today, it looks like they're doing that. So, and see if they're able to translate that into this weekend series coming up against Bradley. Yeah, quick note about Shy. He started the season 0 for 13. Um, I think he was 0 for 9, then got injured. Um, and 0 for 13 by the time he recorded his first hit, but since then he is um, 7 of 14. Um, so, I mean, he's got his batting average up to 259 now, which is insane after an 0 and 13 start. So, um, I mean, he's a freshman, and it seems like he started to figure it out and started to be the talent that um, he looked to be when he got on campus here, which is really outstanding to see and um, um you know hopefully gonna help this team turn some ball games around yeah definitely I was actually talking about that the middle infield for the Redbirds so far has been a little inconsistent because you've had four main guys rotate through the middle infield Shaden Kubo Greg Nichols Luke Chang and Shai Robinson um Shaden Kubo has played first base a decent bit lately um Greg Nichols has moved to second and uh Shai Robinson's playing sh- playing playing short uh with Luke Chang uh Hasn't played in quite a while. I don't. Yeah, he's injured. Yeah, injury yep. there. So um, it's been a little inconsistent there, but the guys who have been there, I mean, have been producing for the most part. Greg Nichols was really strong at the beginning of the year. Shaden Kubo has the highest batting average in the team right now. Uh, you talked about Shy Robinson really starting to turn it on. Um, so that's maybe something that you're starting to see and kind of figure out within this Redbird team. Yeah, that would definitely be nice. And I remember hearing now that Luke Chang was playing, he might have been playing injured while he was still in the lineup. So um, it's possible that position just hasn't been at 100% at all this year, if it has been um, very much maybe. So um, definitely um, something to keep an eye on that middle infield. And um, if nothing else, I mean a couple of strong freshman performances um, this season with – Dan, Daniel Pasella and Shy Robinson, then Tyrell Chadwick has gotten some good opportunities off the He's mound. been really solid. Ever since I put him in the bullpen, I think he's mm-hmm. he's struggled in his few starts that he had, but he's been really strong out of yeah, the bullpen. Uh, same thing with Thomas Harper, honestly, and he yep. made his second star, or uh, another start um, last night, but he had 
um, kind of been taken out of that starting role for a while. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's another freshman pitcher that, when put in the right situations, has been able to. Yeah, do there have really been well some really team. solid. Uh, individual play like you were talking about like i said kubo's been really strong uh Pacella, obviously awesome um tyrell chadwick has been great um just it's just hard to put it all together right now for the redbirds in conference play um i think that's it for baseball anything else from you Mm-mm. all right so um we'll move on uh talk about track and field a little bit here um a lot of uh, strong performances from track and field there. A bunch of top five finishes at the Gibson Invitational this past weekend. Um, Hasi Foshina Mombata, another name that we've been seeing, uh, think about every week lately since the outdoor season started. She's been really strong, and she was part of a four-by-one team uh, that won um, second fastest time in program history, too, there, which I say it every week, but I swear they're breaking program or individual records every single meet they take mm-hmm. part in. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the goal when you're going out there, and they've been doing it um, consistently. So, I mean, this women's team, I mean, they have to, obviously after winning the um, indoor championship, they there's nothing else in mind other than winning the outdoor championship. So I think that's the expectation for this team. And then I wouldn't sleep on the men's team either. I mean, not at all. They um, have strong position, or um, they go there and have strong performances each and every time each and every week, um, and I just think they have a chance to kind of surprise some people in the outdoor conference championship and maybe take it all. They could sweep it again. Yeah, definitely, and like I said, I mean, it's not just individual performances. It's relay performances. It's uh, track athletes. It's field athletes. It's everything with this track and field program, and I don't think it can be said enough, the work that Jeff Bovey's done with this program because they are consistently performing at a high level week in and week out. Um, shift focus a little bit here. Um, men's tennis season came to an end this past weekend. Um, two straight sweeps, uh, one to end, uh, summit league, I'm sorry, summit league play, um, to Drake and then the loss to Northwestern number 23 ranked country or ranked team in the country, um, four, nothing loss there. So they were not able to sneak into the top four in the summit league. And therefore their season has come to an end, a tough close, just, they never really found the consistency that you're looking for uh, with the tennis team. I mean, the doubles teams, it was just, it was hard to find the doubles that worked best for you. And then in singles, they competed quite a bit, but they just weren't able to convert when it mattered the most. Yeah, it was a tough season. Um, it, Like you said, they couldn't really ever uh, pull everything together at once, it felt like. Um, obviously, some season highlights with that win over Creighton um, and... Other than that, I mean, they had a couple uh, Summit League wins with that. But, um, yeah, it was just a challenging year for this team. And um, you want to see a little more consistency, like you said, throughout the lineups. Um, You kind of could have seen a different lineup each meet, um, it felt like. Um, On the positive side, I think they only had one senior celebrated um, for senior night, and that would have been Melker Isaacson, if I'm remembering correctly. I believe so, yeah. so a couple other seniors on the roster who may intend to come back um, and have made that known already. So um, should be interesting to see how they can progress. Um, there's some youth on this team as well, so um, definitely we'll have a chance to get better in that Summit League um, as time goes on and as they come back next year. Uh, it really, just a bummer, They um, it was out of their hands um, and they weren't playing to decide their match, um, their, uh, their championship hopes. 
Um, but that tiebreaker did not go their way, and they didn't have a chance to surprise anyone in the Summit League tournament. So um, they put themselves in that situation, but it's a bummer they didn't have a chance to um, you know, make a jump from where they were in the standings. Yeah, definitely. But on the other side, the women's team uh, completes an undefeated Missouri Valley Conference slate. Uh, we'll hold the one seed going into the MVC tournament this uh, weekend in Normal, Illinois. Um, so they'll get in action, I believe, Saturday. They'll play their first match. Um, just what, a, what a season they had. I mean, in every aspect of it, they consistently uh, performed at a high level. It was kind of like the opposite. I mean, their doubles teams were set and stone from the start of the year, and they just dominated. And when you have that kind of consistency from day one, it it makes your season a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, this team has been impressive from the jump, really. I mean, they were they put themselves in challenging situations in the fall, and I think that just made them better. Same with their non-conference schedule. But once they got to the um, the Valley, I mean, they just rolled. And they had one close match, a 4-3 decision to um, against UIC at UIC. So other than that, I mean, it was... Five two six one seven zero. So, they are really strong, and um, I just think you know this team. There's no other goal than the conference championship at this point, and um, I think they have. They are the favorite far and away. So, um, we just saw that uh, Tiana Zlatanovic and Tara Danjanovic were named doubles team of the week again, um, and. It's hard to pick anyone else at this point, I feel like, for the Missouri Valley Conference because they have just been dominant in what they do, and um, it's hard to find anyone more deserving when they do what they do week in and week out. Yeah, definitely. An incredible uh, season across the board for them so far, but they're not done yet as they have this big weekend coming up here, like I said, in Normal Illinois, so try to get out and support the women's tennis team there. Um, the last event we want to talk about, uh, the women's golf team, their season came to an end this past weekend, a fifth place finish at the MVC tournament. Um, weather was a big factor early for them. Uh, well, really every team there, the weather kind of stumped early on. Uh, the best team I believe was 13 over par or 27 over par. I'm sorry. After day one for a team performance after the first day, um, cold wind, um, everything was kind of going against it. But then the Redbirds really bounced back day two and then day three especially. Um, they put together the second-best single round in the tournament on day three with a 308 there. But at that point, you were, I believe, 18 strokes back going into the final day, so it was just going to be hard to make that comeback. But um, Avalon Woodward and uh, Ali Schrock both get uh, all MVC honors this year. Um, really strong seasons from them. Um I think as a whole, this season was really strong for them, but it's, it's upsetting to see it end the way that it did. Yeah, uh, definitely a bummer to see them go out like that um, in situations that you're not training for, but mainly because you can't train for that throughout the year, um, and also because that's just not how you want to play the sport. So um, definitely a bummer. Um, obviously, the whole field was facing that, but it felt like it was a little bit out of their control. Um and you'd like to see them, you know, have a chance um, in a more ideal uh, setting. But, um, yeah, I mean, Avalon Woodward has been outstanding throughout the season. Um, Kira Wolf, I feel like, made her presence felt a little bit more as the year went on. And Definitely then, in this tournament, yeah. Um, Michaela Kurverkova, I'm not sure so, how to yeah. say that exactly, but um, she also had some impressive outings. I think the Schrock sisters also... Um, kind of round out that lineup really well. And um, I think Danny Grace really um, 
Danny Graystrock made some impressive outings as a freshman, which um, you like to see for the future of this team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like we said, um, really strong season for them. Like you don't want to see it end that way, but uh, golf's a tough sport to kind of be consistent with, and it's not always going to go perfectly. Um, I think that's it for uh, weekend events. But there was one more uh, little piece of news: uh, the men's basketball team gets their first transfer of the off season. Dalton Banks from fellow MVC team Southern Illinois. Um, Ryan Peden's first transfer of the offseason, and uh, I think it's a really solid signing. I think it's going to help. Uh, you you kind of maybe lacked a true, true point guard this past year, and I think maybe Dalton Banks can fill that role. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Banks um, fits in. I immediately off the bat presume him as a starter um, day one. Um, I know that number one spot was a challenge for them because – uh, both Malachi Poindexter and Darius Burford might be better suited off the ball, and I think that's the best. I think they would tell you that. That's where they excel. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that affects the starting lineup. I know we were talking about that a little bit. Um, but the guard depth is starting to feel a little better with this team, especially when you also, in addition to those three, have Luke Kasubke. You have Ty Pence and Johnny Kinzinger coming in. Um so, yeah, I'm not sure what else they might do to address that guard position. And um, I think all kind of now all eyes look towards a five spot if they weren't there already um, to try to find that true center um, that can be somewhat elusive in college basketball. And um, also you got to mention that the hiring of an assistant coach, which I think is just um, – I think both pieces of news were a uh, sigh of relief yeah, for fans and – I would assume for the coaches um, to finally get those things off their chest, get their first transfer in, get that assistant coaching vacancy filled, and now you can focus on scheduling and rounding out your roster. Um, and I would say rounding out the roster is the number one priority at this point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you got to see what you can do. I mean, I think basically just looking at the roster itself, I think your guard depth, like you said, is pretty much set. I think depending on if they develop the way that Peden hopes they can I think you could relatively confidently almost do like a three and three out at the guard position with who you have and just different rotations of those uh six guys but like you said you're going to need to find those uh those post players you still have Kendall Lewis but you lost Liam McChesney um you have Aruna Sissoko but Kotov entered the portal um you've just been lacking a true center for the for a while now at Illinois State and it's going to be interesting to see if you can uh figure that out here in this offseason yeah definitely it'll be interesting to see who meshes well together I just remember from even from media day last year, early in the fall, um, Darius Burford, Malachi Poindexter, and Seneca Knight, you could tell they had a connection yeah. early on, and those three all really enjoyed playing with each other. So I think that's kind of um, the area that they might um, look for is just who's going to play well together once they get on the court. I mean, having all the talent is one thing. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just a question of, um, who meshes well together, and what additional talent can you bring in at that point? Yeah, definitely. Long offseason ahead for the Redbirds, but uh, a lot to look forward to, I think. Uh, like you said, some big signings, um, a lot to look forward to as a program. Uh, we'll see what Ryan Peden can do in the rest of his uh, maybe first full offseason with the Redbirds. He's kind of after the transition last year. Um, I think that's it for me. Anything else from you, Reed? That's all I got. All right, so uh, make sure to follow along to all those events we discussed. Uh, on our Twitter accounts at the underscore vidette and at vidi underscore sports. And we will talk to you guys again next week.